It's the JT The Brick Show. 39-yard field goal for Carlson set up on the right hash. Good snap, solid hold. Field goal is up, and that is good. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Crowd into it. Wilson lifts the right leg, gets the ball. They bring the blitz off the edge, and they got to him. Nate Hobbs coming around the left side. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Open Adams at the 35, racing to the 20, 10. Touchdown Raiders! And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a beautiful day today as we are getting closer to Labor Day. And right after Labor Day, the start of the season for the Silver and Black on Raider Nation Radio, the flagship, 9.20 a.m. If you're in Vegas and everywhere else, you get us on the Raiders mobile app for free. Uh, download that app, share it with others, and we appreciate all that. Tonight, I'm emceeing the state of the team for the organization at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Big deal, my sit-down with the president of the organization, Sandra Douglas-Morgan, the GM, Dave Ziegler, and the head coach, Josh McDaniels. They'll turn it into a TV show. It'll be streamed live on YouTube for season ticket holders, PSL holders, and it'll be all over the place after that. So we're going to do that tonight. I've been focusing on that the last couple of days. The Raider roster down to 54. All Raider fans seem to be okay with it. I haven't had a lot of ranting yet. I haven't had a lot of people upset or either way, it hasn't moved the needle much, which I'm surprised by. I think a lot of Raider fans are ramping up to the regular season. Last vacation, last time away, getting ready to come to Vegas, getting ready to go on the road. I get it. I'm with you. But it's go time. It's go time. If you want to go today, I'm ready to go today. If you want to wait till Tuesday when we launch everything, uh, do it there. Tomorrow we're going to have some live elements and a best of. We're going to look back at some of the things we've done this offseason heading into the long holiday weekend. We're off on Monday for Labor Day and back on Tuesday and then our grid is set with all of our insiders who are coming back. Our specialist, as we like to call him, Lee Sterling today, who picks games. He's a handicapper. He's really good. He makes money more than he loses money. Lee will join us. He's going to kick off his college football picks. And he's going to give us. The key to Lee Sterling is the rule is he gives us three picks for free. Professional handicapper because of the nonsense of this industry where you know sports gaming on radio and streaming, everyone says now it's streaming, has been around now for a couple of years. I don't think it's very good. I got a couple of friends in the business who do a nice job, former guys who work here. You know, Mitch and Paulie do a good job. We're friends with Matt Humans. You know, there's some people in town who do, do a good job. Overall, the industry is trash. It's garbage because there's no one in the industry who makes any money. That's the hook. There's no one who makes any money. If they did, they wouldn't be on radio most of the time unless they had a handicapping service and they wanted to help you and, of course, make money. But, you know, most of the people, hey, the cat's out of the bag. You know, if you're a 28-year-old board op and now you're giving picks out on the weekend and you're not telling anybody you're putting 5 bucks or 500 on the game, the cat's out of the bag. People now know, turn that off the dial. I'm not listening to that. We try to put on the best handicappers possible, including Bill Krakenberger, Lee Sterling, Jeff Sherman, Vice President of Risk Management. We're adding one more this year that I'll announce next week. We want to be in the gaming side of this. We want to help you win money. We want to help you gamble and win, not gamble and lose. Okay, so gambling and losing is really appropriate here in Vegas. You know, my sisters live, one lives in New Jersey, one lives in upstate New York. They go to Mohegan Sun or Atlantic City. They're animals. They go to win. 
Like, they go to the casino and drive two hours, not to lose and get all fueled up and go, hey, we just lost 400 bucks to their husbands. No, they go there stealth to win. Here in Vegas, it's just the opposite. Everybody's just taking their check, going to these casinos, puffing on cigs and throwing their money in sometimes. We encourage that if you're going to win. We try to help you in sports. That's all we do. We just talk sports here. But if you're going to gamble on the NFL, try to make some money. I, li- you know, I like these people who are in these super contests. My friends have won a few. Love that. Brady Cannon is one. Steve Fezzik, who I'm an acquaintance with, one. He's fantastic. But if you got $1,500 to throw into a super contest and get your ass kicked by 300 people, and you just want to do that so you can drink some, some cold beer, go, go do it. We want people who win and how they can help us on the show. We'd like more used guys out there, as they say in Goodfellas, to give us some picks. Give us some picks. If you got one great NFL or college football pick getting into the weekend, give it to us for free. It's not going to move the line. Say you got some information on some weird Nebraska game or some Florida State game, and you know, you know you're right. Call us. Let our listeners know. Help a brother out. Help a sister out. Give us, give us a win here. We want to hear from winners, not losers, man. Coffee's for closers. Get us some winners on this show instead of all these people on Twitter and Instagram. Take my picks. Why? How much you betting? When was the last time you won? Post some of your losing tickets, too. So I'm not a bit of a rant here, but you know where I'm going. Lee Sterling will join us here in about 40 minutes. The monologue fueled by PT's best happy hour in town. Man, do they have a lot going on? And we are proud partners with them all season long. The Taverns will be offering the following specials for football. $12 pitchers, Coors Light, Miller Light, Michelob Ultra, Bud Light. $14 pitchers on the 805 Blue Moon, Heineken, and my favorite, Modelo. Oh, my bucket of Modellos. How about a $14 uh, pitcher of that? Fantastic. $5 pretzel bites, $6 bacon chicken ranch quesadilla, $7 Nathan mini corn dogs. I mean, they got it all, including the $14 sampler. I never thought I'd have a radio show and be giving out a menu, but I do it at PT's because they're a proud partner of the show, and they're going to help you build your fantasy draft because they got some jerseys to give away at all the PT's taverns during the month of September. 50 base points earned while playing the True Rewards card. One entry. There'll be four winners per tavern. That's 252 jerseys that they're giving away here, branded football jerseys, which are nice. All right, cover of the Las Vegas Review-Journal. I'm always nice to the paper, even though people are telling me to cancel the newspaper because it costs too much. I say, no, no, no. I get it every day. I walk the dog early in the morning. I come back. It's right there on my driveway, and I read it cover to cover. And this is one of the best sports pages out there. The cover story, Vinny Bonsignor, No Hard Feelings. Back in the fold, Josh Jacobs missed working with his Raider teammates. The new number is eight. So go get your eight jersey there at Allegiant Stadium. Fantastic he's back. Uh, He had a conference call yesterday. We're going to park some of that in the show tomorrow on our Friday show. I thought it was a great conference call. Good questions. He's back. So Josh Jacobs is here. I asked everybody to call in and welcome him back. It was kind of radio silent. Yeah, it was kind of radio silent. Josh Jacobs is back here. Uh, I'll throw this out to start the monologue off today. How many carries for Josh Jacobs this year? Very simple. Over 300 or under 300? Anybody? 
I feel like an auctioneer. Very simple as we open up. How many carries on the ground for Josh Jacobs this year, which we can tie into fantasy football? I think a lot of fantasy players want to have Josh Jacobs because he's a workhorse, he's a bell cow, and he could do a lot of things here. But in the rushing game last year, Josh had 340 carries in 17 games. He averaged 4.9 a carry and 97.2 yards a game. So I would take the under. Well, I'm, I'm setting the under, Bobby, not at 340 or 320. I'm setting it at 300. So 300, I'd like to see him get, you know, 290 carries or 300's a lot of carries because you got to assume he's completely healthy the whole year. He ran for 1,653 yards. I know he wants to run for that number again because he wants a new contract. He's on a one-year deal, okay? And they had a negotiation with the sweetener. Uh, to get to $12 million, uh, if he wants to get more money, I don't know. I don't think he has to do better. I really don't. I'm one of the guys who think he has to win more games. I think the value of Josh Jacobs to the Raiders is more than six wins. It's double-digit wins where he contributes in a lot of them. There is nothing to knock on Josh Jacobs. He had a brilliant year last year. Uh, the Raiders overall on defense, the blown leads, that wasn't his fault. They weren't blowing leads because he was fumbling with a 14-point lead and turning the ball over. Josh Jacobs did pretty much everything right. But I'd like to know your over-under on his carries. Do you want to see the total carries? You know who was second on the entire team in carries last year? Derek Carr with 24. We went from 340 to 24 and then Zamir White had only 17, Brandon Bolden had 17, and Jared Stidham had 14 carries, which is pretty much chaos rushing when the pocket breaks down. So what is Zamir White going to get? He played in 14 games and had 17 carries. I would I hope he'd have 100 carries this year or 80 or 90. I don't know what the exact number is going to be, but Josh can't carry the ball on every play. But will he want to? Will he want to? He didn't want to come off the field last year. I saw that with my eyes wide open. He did not want to come off the field. He easily could have raised his hand and came out on second down after a 14-yard gain. He didn't. He went right back into the huddle. He didn't want anybody touching the ball other than him, which was good for him. And I think his number is fair. He probably thinks he deserves more. A lot of people think he deserves more. But expectations on Josh Jacobs today, if you want to get in, 702-365-9200. I'm one to believe that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, Chris in West Oakland calls in on that topic a lot. Need Garoppolo to have a big year with over, you know, 4,000 yards for Jimmy G is hard to see. It's hard to see with a, with, a, with a running back like Josh Jacobs and Samir White. I mean, a lot of carries should be going there. But if Jimmy G is elite in this passing game, in the short passing game, Jimmy's going to throw the ball a lot. He's going to dump it off a lot. You know, a lot of Raider fans blanked and moaned about Derek Carr checking down. That was a big topic for nine years here. Oh, my God, he checked down. He did check down a lot. But a lot of times he checked down because it was the right decision to check down to someone who was open who he thought could get a first down. Jimmy G is supposed to be better than Derek at this. If he's going to check down, it's supposed to be for a reason. I don't think that Garoppolo is a better deep ball thrower than Derek Carr. I've never said that. I think Derek in a clean pocket stepping into it is a better deep ball quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. What I think that Jimmy Garoppolo should be able to do better than Derek Carr is understand the concepts of this offense, which from everything I've seen in the past in New England, it was super elite at throwing to people who are wide open. 
What was the key to Brady's career? All the Brady games that you were forced to watch, they're on national television. They're in the playoffs. Go back in the hot tub time machine. What do you remember most about Brady? Was he fast? No. Did he run and go crazy outside the pocket? No. What he did was he threw to someone who was wide open because Brady's brain was so fast at the line of scrimmage, he could dictate the coverage of the other team, see it, check out of the play, and then throw to the high percentage play. I believe that that really is the strength of this offense, is that everybody's even said that. Derek said it on record a number of times. Josh McDaniel's strength is putting you in a position to make a better throw. Now, you got to make the better throw. you got to catch the ball if it's thrown to you. And most importantly, you got to block. The pass protection is critical in a Josh McDaniels offense. That if you keep the back end, or you're going to keep the tight end in to chip, that they do their job. Because if one person doesn't do the job, I notice Coach talks about this often, if one person doesn't do the job correctly, the play can break down. And if the play is going to break down, hopefully Jimmy Garoppolo, familiar with this offense more than Derek was, can find a way to get a productive play out of it. Last year with Derek, there were a lot of plays that were productive. You know, he had good players. Darren Waller was hurt. Hunter Renfro was hurt. Devontae had a big year. Devontae had over 1,500 yards. Come on. Josh Jacobs had a hell of a year. Derek checked into some of those runs that Josh Jacobs had big runs on. Credit to Derek. But the thing about Derek were the dead plays. Well, the plays that were dead that shouldn't have been dead because he didn't move to run and keep the play alive or he threw the ball away, or he checked down. We can't have that. We can't have that with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's got to be much more efficient. So for Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm hoping he's completely healthy. Seems like he's in great shape, and he's ready to go in his preseason. You know, he had a couple of practices where he put the ball up for grabs, and a couple of practices where he was fantastic, according to many people who were there. So we're going to get into Josh Jacobs today. What do you put the over-under on for carries? Because he had 340, I'm going to set it at I'm going to set it at 290. Josh Jacobs over or under 290 carries on the year. And you got to assume he's going to be healthy for all the game. I don't want to take one call from someone who says he's going to get hurt or he's going to be banged up and miss two games. I'm not garbage. Say he plays every game. What's the over under on that deal and let's keep it going there. All right, I want to spend the rest of the monologue talking about a friend of ours who died today, Gil Brandt. Gil Brandt, the Pro Football Hall of Famer, the architect of the Dallas Cowboys from expansion franchise to America's team, died today at the age of 91. He was the Cowboys vice president of player personnel for 28 years, from 1960 when the team entered the NFL until May of 89 when he was fired when Jerry Jones came in, and they became good friends after that. Remember, that was a tough time. Jerry came in, brought in Jimmy Johnson, got rid of Tom Landry, Brandt was there along with Tech Schramm. But then Gil, you know, stayed around. And he was known as the guy who brought computers into the NFL and the way we evaluate players. And I didn't have a front row seat for it, but I had a good seat. When Sports Fan Radio Network launched, and I was hired by Sports Fan Radio Network, Gil Brandt was our NFL insider. So Sports Fan, our former boss, Charlie Barker, who listens to the show, Gil would be there and Gil would be in our building. And he would go on all the shows. Can you imagine what it was like? I'm brand new in the business. I'm doing overnight radio. I'm co-hosting the Pete Rose Show with Pete. Pete's not there every day. And I'm co-hosting it. And Gil Brandt's coming on to talk NFL. And what Gil did for me is he treated me like I belonged. He looked at me and said, 
you know, you're good here. He knew that I had some knowledge of football. He knew when I got hired by the Raiders. He followed my career after that. He was dear friends with Al Davis. I mean, they were tight. Uh, both of them Hall of Famers. Gil had to wait too long uh, to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but fortunately Gil was alive when he got into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he and his wife were able to enjoy that because Gil had to wait a long time, and then finally the Pro Football Hall of Fame came to their senses and said that we need to put the architect of player personnel, the architect of player personnel, the guy who was the guy with the combine, the draft, computers, and the way they looked at players differently, and especially in the historically black colleges, where he was able to find African-American players, and he was really tight with George Atkinson. I text George today and other black athletes that he found at historically small black schools that had a path to the NFL. So Gil Brandt, you know, for years I would have him on the radio, and I wouldn't reach out to him a lot. And then I got hired four or five years ago by Sirius XM, and it was easier to get him on. And then I, I was lucky to go to the Hall of Fame a bunch for the induction of Ken Stabler, Tom Flores, Cliff Branch, right? The list goes on and on. And I would see Gil. And then finally I would see Gil with a gold jacket. And really happy to call him a friend. Really happy that Gil took the time out to have an impact on my life. And he had a big impact on my life. And for the Cowboy fans who are listening, Raider Nation, anybody who knows the history of football should know Gil Brandt, who passed away earlier today. And the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton is flying their flags at half-staff. Uh, people have been blowing up my phones today. I put a post on Facebook. Uh, Bobby knew Gil. Uh, we all knew Gil. And we're going to have Zig Fercasi on later, who worked with Gil a lot uh, recently, too. And we're going to talk about the life of Gil Brandt. When someone dies... They deserve more than five minutes on sports radio. A big problem with sports radio is some people don't do death. Some people don't want to do it. They'd rather talk about cheeseburgers and, you know, what they ate and where they get Wi-Fi or not. No, you talk about Gil Brandt when he passes away. Gil Brandt is someone you spend a few minutes talking about his life, and it's not a sad, sad day. Gil was 91. He lived an incredible life. He slowed down, obviously, and went into his 90s. And I'm just bummed that I didn't see him on the last trip to Dallas. He wasn't there. Obviously, why? You know, seeing this news today, and it would have been nice to see him on the sideline or in the building. Man, you, the wealth of knowledge. Mr. Davis is on a level, but Gil Brandt was on the level of Mr. Davis. There's not many people. In the, the Hall of Famers will say it. You know, Al Davis is in an elite level when it comes to brains, history, and the history of the league. Gil Brandt sits in that room with Al Davis. Okay, Al Davis and Gil Brandt tonight are talking football. No doubt about it. No doubt about it because these two guys were both Mavericks, and Gil did a lot for the league and a lot for the Cowboys. Uh, Gil, rest easy, my friend. Sorry to see you go. Uh, Dino in Toronto, our Canadian brothers to the north. Hello, Dino. Hey, JT. Thanks for the vine, brother. Great to hear your Dino, voice. Dino, 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 thank you for calling from Toronto, man. Love the Raider Nation. Yes, sir. I've been a Raider fan since uh, 76, and uh, I'm never going to change my colors, that's for sure. Good Just for you. grateful that we have uh, all Raider radio all the time, man. I've mm-hmm. said that to you every time we call. I don't think as a Raider fan, but as a football fan, but to have a radio station dedicated to your team 24-7, seven days a week, I mean, I'm just so grateful for all you guys. And I uh, just wanted to get that out of the way real quick. Thank you. Uh, really happy to get J.J. back. I mean, uh, without him... 
you know the offense is just not gonna not gonna do much in my opinion. I'm gonna take under 290 JT. I think he's got some. I think he's got some help this year, and uh, they're gonna probably probably preserve them. Uh, I actually feel a little. Uh, I actually feel very confident. I mean, I'm very. Uh, I've been a Raider fan my whole life, so I've seen this team <clears throat> go up and down and yeah. a lot of down over yeah. the last 20 years. But they addressed a lot of the. They addressed a lot of the areas this year. I think the O line is going to be tight. My only concern is the tight end position and you know the middle, which you always talk about. But I mean, if we're able to put up a lot of points, it's going to be a lot of shootouts, in, in my opinion. And uh, I'm I'm gonna call it right now. I think we beat the Broncos. Uh, if we go to Denver, we beat the Broncos, and we go to Buffalo, and we start off the season two and zero, JT. So I'm putting that out there, and uh, that's how strongly I feel about this team this year. And I just want to say thank you again for taking my call. Thank you, appreciate it, and thanks for listening to the show north of the border. If we don't have it on the Raiders mobile app. Or if we don't have Las Vegas Sports Network, people can't hear the show. People are streaming now. They're streaming the show. And we really appreciate that. And good to have Josh Jacobs back and what's going to happen with him. The tight end position, let's not forget Foster Moreau, who's no longer here. Darren Waller. Waller was named a team captain of the New York Giants. He's healthy. When when Darren's healthy, he's a hell of a player. He's still in the prime of his career. And Michael Mayer is going to have to get up and running quickly here. You can do two things with Michael Mayer. You can put him in two camps. It's going to take him a while to get going. He's brand new in the NFL, or no, he's going to hit the ground run and ready to play and have an impact. He's not going to be a great blocker in year one. I don't think so. I think he's going to be taking time. It's a complex offense with Josh, uh, Josh McDaniels, but he's going to have to do a good job with protection when he stays in, when he blocks. He's kind of like a jumbo package, extra offensive lineman. But when he's out there running routes, he'll catch the ball if it's thrown to him. We're not worried about a guy who doesn't have good hands. We saw that at Notre Dame. He has tremendous hands. And he's going to have to bail this team out at big spots. It's going to be big spots when the Raiders are up by three or down by three. It's third and 11. And Devontae's double teamed. And Hunter is covered. And Michael Mayer is wide open. And they're going to have to hit him. And I love the way that Jimmy Garoppolo hit George Kittle all the time. Another point about this McDaniels and or Kyle Shanahan offense. How often was Kittle open by 10 yards? A lot. How many times was Gronk open by 10 yards? A lot. The offense dictates a lot of movement and getting into open spaces where the tight end is a go-to guy in a Josh McDaniels offense. Mikey in Staten, Italy, checking in as we open up the show. What's going on, Mikey? Hey, JT. Uh, With Jacobs, Jacobs, Adams, veterans, Uh, Garoppolo, veterans. They're going to go to their – they're going to go to the veterans. They're going to use them as much as possible. Jacobs is a complete back. He picks up the blitz – best in the league, I feel. He catches out of the backfield, he, and he gets better as the game goes along. The more you feed him, the better he gets to close out games, and I think that's going to be the major change when we get leads late in the, late in the season. Uh, I, I believe Adams is going to have another monster thing, and you said it, and you've been saying it all off season. Uh, Garoppolo's release is so much quicker than cause. And you're right, I don't know who has a stronger arm uh, or if the pocket stays clean, which we never know. It doesn't stay clean with these with these uh, terrors in our uh, division. And I hope Jones still sits out for Kansas City. I think that's a huge break for us. But opening week, JT, the line is staying steady at four. The, the money is coming in. Uh, uh, you know, I, I just don't see it with, with Denver. But the money, and now we, I thought with Jacob signing his contract, that might have been enough. But I, I see him, when he's healthy, he's going to get the ball even more. And I think when we go up, when we go up 
the two touchdowns again, which I think we will because of our defense has improved. They're going to feed Jake instead of doing the passing. Hey, Mikey, hold on a second. Are are you on the number already? Have you bet the Raiders plus four yet? Yes, I did. Unfortunately, I thought the number was going to go down, so I had a a few bets at them at three and a half, and I just and I re-upped at four. And I, and I don't think it's changing. I honestly thought it was going to go the other way. JT, I thought it was going to end at a, a, a three or a two and a half, so I bet it early. All right, but the last thing on that, I mean, you bet to win. Uh, some will bet to cover. They'll like the four just for the Raiders to cover. Do you like the Raiders on the money line? What's the juice on the money line to bet the Raiders outright to win in Denver? Yeah, oh, yeah, I'll get that for you right now. But, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> absolutely putting it in. I, I have... I I know you can do it for me. I know you got it there for me. I know it's right there. It's right there at your fingers, isn't it? Yes, it is. So so it's, uh, you're getting like one, hold on one second, one, you're getting plus 170 right now, JT. All right. uh, Sounds good. There he is. There you go. Appreciate it. Uh, Mikey checking in. Bet 100 to win 170 on the money line. Raiders to win outright. I don't know why every Raider fan isn't taking that. I, I don't know. I, I would think every Raider fan who wants a little bit of dough and, and likes the Raiders week one are going to take the juice on the money line and do that instead of what are you going to do? You're going to be a Raider fan and predict the Raiders are going to lose but cover the four? I don't know how you do that. Maybe you do it. I, I don't do that. I, you want the Raiders to win. So get behind the Raiders there, catching four in this game. And, again, I'm kind of shocked that the Raiders are catching four. I am. I, I thought it would be three and then play down at two and a half. There'd be a lot of Raider money coming in there. But again, I don't bet. I just put betters on the radio, and we see if uh, see if we're right. We'll see how we'll play. At least Sterling will join us coming up here in a little bit. Yeah, Mikey just sent me this on a text message. He streams the show. He calls the show, and he texts me with the Raiders here. Uh, plus four, minus 110 here with the Broncos. Money line plus 170. Denver on the money line. Minus 205. I'll tell you, there are so many people are full of crap with this Bronco team the last couple of years, and they're still hanging in there with the Broncos. Media members, talk show hosts, they're all just looking for an extra team to pick, and the Denver Broncos the last couple of years have smashed them right in the face going in the tank, and they're still going out there begging for Denver to be great. It's incredible to me. Maybe they're going to be good one of these years. I told you about that, and I'm going to get into it tomorrow I'm doing a deep dive. I'm prepping later tonight to go through my Super Bowl picks. And I'm, gonna, you know, I'm not going to p- piss off Raider fans, but I got the Chargers in the playoffs. Chargers are a really good team, and they're getting better. And they've been injured the last couple of years, and the Raiders do well against the Chargers. They split or beat them. But we got to now keep more of an eye on the Chargers than ever. One of these years, the Char- if, if the Jaguars and the Bengals can win, and win in the playoffs. I'm telling you the Chargers in the next year or two are going to be that team. And that's why the Raiders need to get better quickly because the Chargers got a good roster. Kansas City's got an elite roster. Okay, Denver's roster, I think the Raiders is better than. But the Raiders don't get credit for having a better roster than the Broncos. They don't. And the Raiders don't get a lot of credit when they beat the Chargers, and they should. And excuses die, the record stands. No matter what we think about this team, and I think that they did really well in the offseason – and change some ideals on how to build the team their way correctly, nothing matters other than wins. And building in the right direction, but you got to have wins to prove it. 702-365-9200. Ray Brewer's going to join us later on. What a journalist. He does a lot in this community with local high school, UNLV. Uh, he's got a column in the paper today 
about the local players from Vegas who are in the NFL. And Bishop Gorman, football is ranked number two nationally. They have a game on Friday night. Lil Gucci Rose going to be on the sideline, I heard whispered in hushed tones. A gold jacket on the sideline there. Gorman's coming in big. We'll talk to Ray Brewer about it. And Zig Fercasi on the life of Gil Brandt at the top of the hour on the flagship of the Silver and Black. It was to go with three and, and not not for any specific reason other than we felt like we had three guys that were capable, um, you know, of of being roster players. And um, Aiden's obviously got a lot of developing in front of him. And, um, you know, Brian's played plenty of football and obviously uh, excited about Jimmy. So um, I feel like we got a good room. Um, you know, we'll figure all that out, you know, as we head into next week and beyond relative to how we'll do that. But um, I like what those guys are doing. They work well together. Um, the guys with some experience offer their hand to, to Aiden, uh, you know, when he has opportunities to learn from them. And, um, and those guys are hard at work at, at trying to, you know, get ready themselves. So um, just, you know, that's a position that's important, obviously, as we know. And having some depth there is never a bad thing. Yeah, I think the Raiders are pretty good in their quarterback room. They got a young one in Aiden O'Connell who looks good so far. They got Brian Hoyer who is a very good backup quarterback. As a backup quarterback category, with knowing the offense, he's fine. And then they have Jimmy Garoppolo, who needs to stay healthy. So we know what the quarterback room looks like. I think every Raider fan understands that going forward. And there's no drama. There's a lot of drama in the Cowboy camp because the Cowboys traded for Trey Lance, and they're saying it's not about Dak Prescott. Then why do you do that? Dak, you paid all this money. He's the starter. And Trey, I think, has more upside potentially than Dak. I look, I'm looking at a picture of them both right now at Yahoo Sports. Trey Lance is bigger and stronger than Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's a big guy. These two guys are forces. I think one of the reasons Jerry Jones did this is because Jerry realizes if Dak doesn't take him far this year, which I'm close to picking the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl. I have Dallas as they're in the NFC Championship game in my book. They're that good. they got a really good roster. Well, if Dak can't get him a playoff win – or if they lose in a home playoff game, he's done with Dak. He's not going to come back with him one more year. And probably Mike McCarthy either. This is go time for the Cowboys. And Trey Lance will be the quarterback of the future. So there's a lot of drama there. There's no drama with the Jets. Zach Wilson went to the bench. I watched Hard Knocks. I'm up to date on Hard Knocks. Aaron Rodgers is getting a little bit testy here. And you can hear him here on Hard Knocks talking about, first off in this game, Jahad Ward kind of had a late hit on him. And Rodgers was going back and forth with a player, trash-talking him because he didn't know his name. This was from the recent edition of Hard Knocks. Bro, that Show some respect, bro. Come on, what the is that? Five damn sets? I don't even know who you are, bro. I don't know who you are. You don't? I've never heard of you. Drops back. Lobs one. Front left pylon. It is caught. Garrett Wilson. That's a Jets touchdown. Post the bear. Hey, I'm not hurting you, bro. I'm not hurting hurt you. And I gave him the line that's uncome back with the ball. I said, I don't even know who you are. And he said, he said, I don't know who you are. I said, bull. Yeah, so Rodgers is chirping now and having a lot of fun. I think it's going to work with the Jets, most of it. The problem is when you try to predict Jet wins and losses, 
you have to know where the game is going to be. If it's going to be a three-point game with two minutes left and the Jets have the ball, I think Rodgers will win those games. Rodgers is one of the greats of all time. If the Jets are playing poorly and they're down 14 points, I don't care how good Rodgers is, they're not going to be able to win at Buffalo. They're not going to win at Miami. They're not going to win some of their national games. So if they stay in these close games, I think the Jets are going to have a chance. The Jets are coming here to play on Monday night football. It's going to be wild, wild at Allegiant Stadium. First off, there will be Jet fans in the building. We know that. Raider fans will be worked up. It's going to be a critical moment for the Raiders, depending on what their record is. And the Raiders have to beat the Jets. It's a home game early on. More from Aaron Rodgers on being frustrated in practice. I think he's got a little problem with that offensive line. Mistake. One drive. It's basic at 12 to 14 yards. Mistakes in one damn drive. Unbelievable. Drop three balls. Three wrong routes and a false start. Yeah, that was interesting. A false start, three bad routes and drops. He's not happy with the offensive line. I think he's trying to do that to try to get in their head on television. It's a TV show to try to protect him. Aaron Rodgers wants to tell everyone in the media, hey, I don't have a great offensive line. I just showed you. That was done perfectly by him. He knew the cameras were on him. He didn't have to say a word. He did that on HBO Hard Knocks to set up the future. If it doesn't go right and this offensive line doesn't gel together, he'll say, yeah, go back to Hard Knocks in the preseason. I told you this offensive line was in trouble. But the Jets went out and got him a lot of assets. He's got wide receivers. He's got Randall Cobb. He's got one of the best wide receivers in football. Their defense is loaded. I mean, Aaron Rodgers went to a better team than the Packers. But so did Brett Favre at the time. When, they, when you lost Brett Favre, they had Aaron Rodgers who was ready to go. Packers have Jordan Love. And the Dolphins' backfield. Remember we heard all this talk that the Dolphins were looking to trade for Jonathan Taylor. Now we know why. Uh, as they're thinner, as Jeff Wilson was placed on injured reserve. A strong team, not many weaknesses, but the running back room got weaker. Jeff Wilson Jr. placed on injured reserve. Wilson and Raheem Mostert, remember him from the Niners, were expected to start the season in a committee approach for the Dolphins. That won't happen for at least four weeks. And this was a team that was looking for the running back position. And would they have wanted Josh Jacobs if he was available? Who wouldn't? He wasn't available. But clearly they wanted Jonathan Taylor in Miami to be that running back for them. Dalvin Cook was also someone they passed on, and Dalvin Cook ended up with the Jets. For everybody talking badly about the uh, running back situation and the price going down, and there is truth to that, the running back position price is going down. You lose a running back, a lot of teams get desperate, and there aren't many great ones out there. You lose a starting running back in the NFL, good luck finding some guy on the practice squad who's going to rush for 1,000 yards. It's not that easy. Here's Robert in Portland on Raider Nation Radio. Hello, Robert. Yeah, hey, I just got on, so I apologize mm. if you mentioned anything about Bill Brandt, but mm. I wanted to hear your take. I know he and Al uh, yes. were, were close, but can you comment? You knew him in mm. you know, every Looney and you. Every, I mean, you, you, you've had him on yeah. various shows. Just what kind was he the real deal? Yeah, he was. He was the best talent evaluator. Again, Al Davis has a Hall of Fame track record, but Gil did this exclusively. Gil wasn't a coach; he was a talent scout evaluator who transitioned the league out of new out of paper and newspapers and writing things down at computers and judging people off of size and speed and putting it into computer programs and then building America's team 
on top of helping out the entire league with the combine and the draft. I mean, his imprint on football is one of the bigger imprints I've ever seen. Did he recommend Otis Siskunk? I, I heard I, I, he could have. I don't. I don't. I can't clarify exactly. I talked to him many times about Mr. Davis and. Uh, Gill had a deep, deep history with the Raiders and Raider talent. He could tell you any player who ever played for the Raiders, but I don't know a particular story with Otis. Thanks a lot. All right, appreciate the call. I mean, he just was really tight with Mr. Davis. Mr. Davis, they were on speed dial with each other, and they had a lot of respect. There's a deep connection between the Cowboys and the Raiders. I saw it at the last game. Tom Brady was with Mark Davis, and Tom Brady and Mark Davis walked across the field to Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones. And then the reports in the paper today on what the Raiders are worth. You can tie that into the Cowboys in a big, big way. Uh, Mick Akers was reporting that earlier today as Forbes magazine now has the worth of the Raiders, and it's a pretty big deal. So the uh, Raiders' revenue soar is the title. Ready for this? According to Mick Akers at the Las Vegas Review-Journal, the Raiders are worth $6.2 billion. 22% 22% more than last year when they were $5.18 billion per Forbes. The team made over $90 million in ticket revenue last season. I think that number is low uh, compared to this report. Number one in the NFL. So the team made in ticket revenue last season number one in the NFL. Not top five, not top ten, number one. The Raiders also made $70 million off of non-NFL events at Allegiant Stadium. Cash bleeping cow. What a move. Now, I want the legacy of Mark Davis to be winning Super Bowls, and so does he. But part of Mark Davis's legacy is what he did in Vegas for the rest of the league. And with Jerry Jones's impact and a couple of the owners here, you look at where Mark Davis came from in Oakland, California, to where Mark Davis's team is worth now. And again, this show wants to win games, so does Mark. But on a business front, look at what the Raiders have done. We're talking Forbes magazine. We're talking number one in ticket revenue, and it's just going to get bigger. And that money will come down to the players and the roster, no doubt about it. Mark Davis has never once said, here in Vegas, I don't have the money to do it. Look at the coach's salaries. Look at what he's tried to do. Now it would be nice if the players step up and play great and win for Mark Davis. Lee Sterling will join us next. Excited to talk to him. Remember, we're brought to you by The Black Hole. Go to theblackhole.com. Become an official member before the start of the season and get 20% off all merchandise. Go to blackhole, theblackhole.com. Click on membership. No, physically, I ain't missing steps. So I, I, I can, I definitely can say that. Uh, the biggest thing that for me really was coming back and um, mentally, you know, just with the playbook and everything, with the new plays and all of that, I didn't want to be behind. Um, but when I came in, man, today I didn't have no errors. So I mean, I came in today and I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. I remember this. Uh, so now it's just about stacking days. So to me, man, I mean, we came up with a, you know, a workout plan to do uh, over the course of while I wasn't here. I mean, when I wasn't here and stuff like that. And, um, I mean, I came, I came in and it didn't, it didn't feel like I missed it still. Uh, Josh Jacobs is back with the Silver and Black. JT, back with you. Thanks for joining us as we are brought to you by Resorts World. Check out Resorts World and be sure to download the Resorts World 
Las Vegas sports betting app to place your bets anywhere in Nevada. Good segue to Lee Sterling, one of the premier handicappers in the world, Paramount Sports. Dot com. Ali, Josh Jacobs is back. It didn't move that number at Denver. Raiders still getting four on the road, and they've beaten the Broncos the last six out of seven games. No respect here in Vegas for the Silver and Black. I don't know. I guess maybe a new coach at Denver. They think all of a sudden Denver's going to be good. Uh, Russell Wilson, what I saw last year, I think he might be done. I think he might be washed. Wow, you really are on the side of that because you got strong opinions, and that's a big one because yeah. either you're with Russell Wilson going forward and you're going to bet with him, or you think he's washed and you're going to step aside from that. Interesting to hear from that perspective from you. Yeah, so you know, when you listen to some of the – there's a couple of people I respect mm-hmm. in the business, and few people were watching film, like I think it was two, three years ago, and they just saw he was not reading coverages. And you know what happens is you see – a quarterback in a uniform, and he looks the same. He drops back, he looks the same. You can't, you don't realize the nuances, and maybe he's, you know, a tenth, two-tenths of a second slower on his drop back, a uh, little less velocity on his ball, uh, maybe a split second, you know, realizing the coverages, and all that combined. You, you, you lose two out of the three, and you go from a superstar like Russell Wilson to maybe being replaced. That, it's that simple. All right, we go to college football with Lee Sterling. Let's begin with North Carolina minus 2.5 versus South Carolina. I mean, the rivalry isn't what it could be in a Florida rivalry or a rivalry in Alabama, but it means something, especially North Carolina with a quarterback who can put up some numbers here overall. North Carolina, South Carolina, how do you see this one? So Drake May is probably going to be a top three, top four mm-hmm. pick in the draft when he comes out. He and and also Spencer Rattler can spin the ball. The difference is Drake May, even with some new receivers, he ran the ball for almost 700 yards and seven touchdowns. Spencer Rattler, only 46 rushing yards. Spencer Rattler, through 12 interceptions. Drake May, only seven interceptions. Also, South Carolina lost their star running back, Marshawn Lloyd. He transferred to USC. And their front seven, they lost five of their front seven on defense, only returned four starters. I think North Carolina is going to have some success running the football. Uh, South Carolina won that 2021 Mayo Bowl. I think North Carolina exacts that revenge here. I like North Carolina, 34-23. Yeah, I can't wait to see. One quick thing on him. What have you seen looking at film with him? Because everybody's now hyped. Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams, USC, Heisman again. But there's a quarterback in North Carolina who you just mentioned who can make every throw and looks to be a better quarterback prospect than some of the first four or five quarterbacks taken recently. I like him a lot. I think he's right there. The only negative is he just has no receivers. Here's something interesting. You go back to when Josh Allen, I watched Josh Allen, uh, watched Herbert, and you would watch him. Josh Allen had the worst receivers in college football, dead last, had the most drops. So, you know, they, they, they... couldn't throw to the receivers much. They had to run the football. He had to run. So that's a factor here. I think Drake May may not get even close to the hype only because he has all new receivers. All right, Washington's a team I saw last year in a defeat, and I know they have also a great quarterback. Minus 14.5 versus Boise State here. Boise State isn't the program that they were five to ten years ago, and a lot of pressure on Washington to stay in national consideration not national championship but with a quarterback that can win a lot of games how do you see this one yeah number one in and throwing the football here mm-hmm. but here's the problem 
Boise State, uh, they're pretty good in pass defense. In fact, that was their strength on defense. They allowed only 51.7 pass completions, only 15 touchdowns, and had 12 interceptions on the year. Washington's not a running team. Sometimes it's about matchups. Love Michael Penix here, but they're facing Boise's best. And Boise running the football, uh, they got a running back, George Halani. The Halani had 1,150 yards rushing, 10 touchdowns. What makes him so good and dangerous is their quarterback, Taylor Green, had almost 600 rushing yards in 10 games with 10 touchdowns. He's a long strider. He doesn't just go for the first down. He can get you 20, 30, 40 yards. And what did Washington have trouble with last year? Bo Nix, two rushing quarterbacks, two dual-threat quarterbacks, Bo Nix of Oregon and DTR of UCLA. They allowed 34 and 40 points to those two teams. And what does Andy Avalos do as a road dog getting four more points? A perfect 4-0. Washington wins 35-24, but Boise covers. Yeah, 84% of the money on Boise State, 59% of the tickets here. Interesting, great play by you. Let's move to LSU, minus 2.5 over FSU. Man, this game, go back in the hot tub time machine 10, 15 years ago. All the players that have gone on to the NFL, the pressure on LSU, considering how good they were a year ahead of schedule last year. So if you look at both quarterbacks, Jaden Daniels of LSU and Jordan Travis of FSU. Most people think they're they're pretty similar, but I think Jaden Daniels is a better passer, more accurate, and a better runner. Both teams a tad over height. I probably put them between twelve and fifteen mm-hmm. as far as where they should be ranked. But they're national names. FSU had a great season last year. Both teams hit the transfer portal hard. But LSU's looking for revenge for last year's 24-23 loss where they had that extra point blocked. How's this for luck? FSU got to face five backup quarterbacks last year. And I just thought Brian Kelly in that game last year made a bunch of tactical mistakes here. I think he is more in tune with his team. Now FSU is being hunted. They are not the hunter. I like LSU. I like the overbest, over 56 total points. But I think LSU wins the game, thirty-four thirty. Well, we got to have a side conversation. I watched Swamp Kings on Netflix. Man, they yeah. treated Urban good. I mean, they oh, they oh, they oh. got rid. They didn't show a lot yeah. of what those Florida kids were doing back then. Urban it was must, an infomercial. It JT. was an infomercial for yeah. Urban and Tebow. Man, yeah. that we'll, we'll talk about that a different time yeah. here. But how, where is Florida now? As we look at the game of the week, Utah minus four and a half. I know you got big information you always yep. do on the Gators. How do we get this game? They want to get it. Uh, just call 800-400-9741. We'll give them the game for free tonight. I have a real strong opinion on this game. 800-400-9741. you got to know if a lot of key players or Utah are going to be playing or not, and I think I've got the info. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30th anniversary of Paramount Sports. Check out the new website, ParamountSports.com. We have a five-week special, September to Remember, we call it. Use coupon code SAVE100, just $397. We've won 28 of the 29 years in business, already 2-0 and out of the gate, week zero. Love to have you aboard for the ride. I think ParamountSports.com. I, ParamountSports.com. I think I have 22 out of the 30-year coffee mugs still. <laughs> my wife says, "What do you? I, I, those are Lee Sterling's coffee mugs. Leave them there. I have my coffee in the morning. I look at the numbers. Thank you, Lee. We can't wait to have you again. Thanks, JT. Lee Sterling is a good friend. ParamountSports.com. He's going to give you this game. Give him a call. He's a friend of mine. I I trust him. If you're going to do this, go to the world of Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. He's on with Q on Fridays. 
Okay, you'll catch them with Q Myers. They're good friends too. They do podcasts together. They have good information there too. 702-365-9200. Modelo, the official cerveza of the Raiders and the official beer of fans with the fighting spirit. Modelo, rooted in the heart of Raider Nation. Got a lot going on with Modelo. Bunch of remotes for them. Steve Gomez and the crew. They're back with me again, as always, because they're a proud partner and they know I drink Modelo. I have a bucket of Modelo every Fridays, and I tell everyone on social media, and when I see them in person, I love Modelo.